yo what's up we are the lanky guys i got to say yo i'd like extra large fries with my sip of the scripture yeah now i'm gonna say what's up i'm fp s to the p he's across from me but yo we're a bonding in harmony yeah that's what's up this is the lanky guys <laughs> we're we're coming to you uh-oh. Did, no, no, that was not recording. What are you talking about? Oh. You just... I know. Faked that. <laughs> I'm a big faker. You're trying I, to fake I, emotions I on was, the podcast. Don't lie to see them. right through you. They are, are, have already seen. But this is the thing is that it was so <laughs> embarrassing. Like what I was doing before you actually hit record was way cooler than what, I, what you just let me promulgate to the people. I was trying to get it set up the entire time so <laughs> I could start recording. And I was just trying to give you a microphone check. Promulgated to the people. That's a good line. Yeah, and we're not evil. Nah, we are free. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm going to want to do this the whole time. As soon as you hit freestyle rap moment, there's like no turning back. You've been doing it for a long time. And it was good. That's actually, I mean, I'm impressed. Thank you, sir. I thought you were singing uh, something at the beginning. Dude. I was. How you doing? Yo, I'm doing good. I have to say, man, students are back. <laughs> You're uh, still fighting. You're still trying not to rap. <laughs> just go with it. If you feel it, just I'm, do it. Man, if, when the freestyle hits, you just let it let it happen, man. That's that what they say. Well, it's awesome. Boulder is packed. The traffic is insane. <laughs> yeah, dude. All, all the uh, everybody who like lives outside of Boulder who commutes in for work, they're like, "How long did it take you to commute today?" And they're like, I, "It took me ninety-two thousand seconds." That's why I bike into work. I got in a bike traffic jam this morning or no. two yes yesterday Monday. No, you didn't do. What did. does a bike traffic jam look like? Just a lot of bikes. Isn't it like <laughs> it, up. is it like the Peloton? It's like a Peloton. <laughs> it is. Somebody's got to be at the front though. You have somebody's breaking wind for you. Yeah. That's how, that's how they do it. <laughs> uh, we had this big bike race in Colorado last week and um this is the first year that Lily and I haven't gone to it. Oh no. It's a bummer. But who is racing? Who? It's like the big international race. The, the, oh, the yeah. He, he, it didn't come through Boulder this year, so we we're oh, all blind to it. Oh, so yeah. Nobody paid attention. I didn't pay attention. I know because, because it didn't come through our town. I know it was awesome last year. I, I except for I was I was too slow, and so I only got the last guys. And then oh, no. <laughs> there was like there were like four dudes at the end, and everybody's like cheering for them, oh. and they looked so bitter because they were just. <laughs> I mean, they were like. The last place guys, like they they were like folding up tents behind them. Seriously, there's like the follow car and like oh. it's driving behind them, and like the guy in the cars just, is like he's bored. On his phone. <laughs> <laughs> that stinks. Yeah, it does. Oh wow. But yeah, Boulder is Boulder is alive with the sound of music, uh, music, dude. And kids, and it's pot. super fun. We had the outdoor air mass. Yeah, man. I we advertised that last week in the podcast, I believe. Yeah, we had over six hundred people. It was awesome. Man, and more than half of those were new folks. Yeah, and there was tons of students. It's always it's always a mixture of you know parishioners and community folks and and students. But there was a ton of there's a ton of students and a ton of new students who I'd never seen before, which was just awesome. Yeah, it was cool. There was non Catholics. People were like totally inviting people they had just met to come yeah. to mass. Yeah, it was great. And and I managed not to make a fool of myself. Yeah, no, you did great. I told you you would do good. Well, thank you. I thought you'd do good. I had. I had a lot of fun. I, I and, and this is the thing is last week that um I the way that I bound all the readings together yeah. was I talked about how how like I took Hebrews and that was like and uh, how does he make his coffee again? Oh, he brews it. Ah! <laughs> and um 
So the <laughs> thing was, is I took Hebrews and the discipline is always seems horrible. And I was like, dude, the read what ties these readings together is the Kung Fu master. Obviously. So so Jesus has has is um he is he will help you to learn the martial art of the spiritual life. That's good. It was it was really good. Thanks. Um, it was good until Samuel ran off across the field trying to steal some college kids' football. <laughs> it's really it's a really hard thing. I love the outside mass, but it's a hard thing to have a little kid, especially one who likes sports, <laughs> and say, "Okay, I need you to sit in the middle of this field, surrounded by people playing with footballs and frisbees, and just ignore them completely. <laughs> just pay no attention to those oh, man. things and, flying through the air." And the dude it's is awesome. strong too. Samuel can like seriously toss a ball. Have you seen him throw a frisbee? I have. You showed me some uh, internet videos. Oh, that's nothing. You should have seen him on Sunday. He borrowed these kids' frisbee. <laughs> borrowed. <laughs> but they were letting him play. And he just, I mean, he's, his throw is insane. I credit a lot of that to the Camp Boy staff this summer. They really taught him how to Oh. How to, you, how to channel his strength <laughs> and aim. Dude, we got, else, man. we got some uh, shout-outs. What do you got? That's what I'm looking for right now. Dude, I want to shout-out to, to Garrett Adrian. Garrett, he's a he's a good man. Yeah, dude, he's awesome, and he is going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. No, are you kidding? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so he's. Like I've get, always wanted to do Mount Kilimanjaro. He's getting stoked up, and he was telling me about all his preparations. And so this is his last week before he goes in Tanzania, right? Is that where that is? It is in Tanzania, not Tasmania. And he's um and he's going. I I hooked him up with a mission priest that was here, Father uh, uh, Bulala. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, his that's name an was awesome name. I know. Hello, I am Father Bulala. Oh, that's fantastic. And he was just this wonderful guy, and and like he, we forged a really cool connection. And so, Tanzania, I hear, is really awesome. And Kilimanjaro yeah. is pretty sweet too. That's awesome. So, Garrett, man, we're with you. We hope that the podcast uh, sustains you in your time in Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's what we're here for, dude. If you listen to Lanky Guys on Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, then like that's almost like us going there too. If you send us a picture, we will put it on the website. We'll put it on the Facebook site. Facebook. You probably won't send us a picture. But if you do, does he listen to us? Yeah, I do. Oh, dude, send us a picture, Garrett. Sweet. And then um, I also have another uh, shout out uh, to uh, Brooklyn DeLucci, who is starting RCIC. What's RCIC? um, Rights of Christian Initiation for Children. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so her grandfather um, was doing the prayer walks with us. Uh, oh, cool! And so he wanted to give a little shout out. And so Brooklyn, uh, blessings on your adventure. Seriously, that's like the coolest RCIC. You're you're a rock star. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to. I have two shout outs that I, I just lost. Oh, I want to give a shout out to Leslie Amick, uh, who's been listening to the podcast, and she. Just a faithful listener, and she laughs and loves and is happy every time she listens to us, ah. which makes us happy as ah. well as we read ah. emails. So, Leslie, here's a shout out to you. I also want to give an apology to Avery, <laughs> Avery oh, who we're in the <laughs> habit of mentioning a lot. I actually get emails sometimes asking, Who is Avery? Um, but Avery, I predicted you, you made a scary demon voice last week. And <laughs> something that one's and actually I, a lot nicer than And the I last predicted one. that we might scare Avery. <laughs> And she happened to be driving in her car in the middle of the night by herself. Yep. And she actually yelled at the podcast. Oh, my God. I felt terrible. And she said she's only listening to Lanky Guys during the day now. Yeah. I, so um, if that scared any of you out there, we apologize. Yeah. And and another shout out to to um, to Dove, who is actually the one who hooked up Leslie with the Lanky Guys. Dove? Yeah, Dove. That's awesome. 
Dove Hill. Dove Hill. Previously Dove Fodor. I always forget how to say your name, Dove. And now I feel really embarrassed. But I I just wanted to send the love. Here's to you, Dove. Hey, and I want to give another shout out to Scott Powell. I know him. Dude, what's up? Thanks for listening to Lanky Guys. I don't listen to it. (laughs) Good heavens, I have better things to do. (laughs) No, I probably listen to this more than anybody because I have to edit it. Um, You you do. Let's get on. All right, it, let's get over. It. Let's do it. It's the twenty-second Sunday in ordinary time, and we're going to be reading from the book of Sirach, chapter three, also known as Ben Sirach, Sirach, or Ecclesiasticus, which is different from Ecclesiastes, which is why we don't call it Ecclesiasticus very often. But I like Ecclesiasticus. I actually like that name. It's in the Jerusalem Bible. Presumably, the early church uh, tagged it with that. Oh. That's what they say. Well, I. It's also called the wisdom presume. of Ben Sirah. It's it's probably got some of the most titles of any book in the Bible. Um, we can go through them all in a minute. But so Sirach chapter three, we're going to be looking at Psalm uh, sixty-eight. Yes, sir. Um, basically verses four through eleven, and then uh, what do we got? We got oh oh that, hey, how does uh, Moses make his coffee, <laughs> dude? I think he uses a French press. You guys are all going to hate us <laughs> so soon if you don't already. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, Hebrews chapter 12. I can't get it out of my head. It's just no, stuck in there. No, dude, it's it's like one of those things where- It's like, one of those things. You, you get it in. It's a dad. We're both dads. Yeah. And so being a dad, there's there, you cert, you have a certain right to a quotient of these kinds of jokes. Have we reached them? Have we reached the quotient yet? Yeah, no, 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 no. This this is part of our quotient. Oh, good. Okay. You, you can all, I mean, so like there's a, a few tagged ones that you can do. Like, good. Like this one, yep. and then um, and then we're moving on to uh, to. Sorry, can I just point one thing out? No. So my our friend Ben Akers, who I may or may not listen to this, <laughs> he has a theory. So um, Scott Hahn. Oh yeah, yeah. Most of you know, Scott Hahn is the king of puns. He is just pun central. Puntastic. Puns coming out of his ears. So Scott Hahn. So Ben's got a theory about how this works. So Scott Hahn um, was actually the teacher and the mentor to a guy named Tim Gray. And Tim Gray has some puns. He he puns, you know, a decent amount. Not as much as Scott Hahn, by any means. No. And then Tim Gray was actually the teacher of my friend Ben and I. And you. And, and me. And he you. was my thesis director. And so Ben's theory is that the amount of puns decreases substantially with each generation of the teacher to the student. <laughs> so we just have a tiny bit of puns that oh. still show up. Oh. But dude. you can see them digressing as you go through the generations. So that's good news for everybody. All right. So Hebrews chapter... <laughs> I like the theory. I do too. That's that's substantial. It's yeah. It's okay. So Hebrews chapter twelve, uh, verse eighteen, uh, starting in verse eighteen, and then Luke chapter fourteen. Luke fourteen. <laughs> nice. Thanks, man. All right. So let's roll. We're rolling. It's on. It's all you, Father Peter. Um. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Well, Sorry. you know, as we begin, I mean, I don't really have a lot to say. <laughs> I just kind of want to like. You know, I just I, I just have to humble myself before these readings is really the, the truth. It's good. As we should. And today we're actually recording on the feast day of St. Augustine. Augustine! Who made a big deal. <laughs> 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 who made a big deal about humbling ourselves before the readings and before the scriptures. Actually, I, I was making a joke because the first line is, my child, conduct your affairs with humility. And then oh, you, yeah, I forgot about And that. then you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Oh. So I was just trying to win your love. I was trying to win everybody's love here. but w- I'm just a giver of gifts. So there's not nothing more anything. sappy than false humility when somebody's just like, I really, you know, like, I- I'm just like a martyr. Who's that? Isn't there, there's that character in it. There's some character in a Dickens novel. Um, Dickens, who is that? Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. What's the guy's name, though? Um, 
uh, Uriah Heep. You remember Uriah Heep? No. Who was he? Was the sinister fellow who was always talking about how humble he was. He was so humble, very humble, very humble. But he ended up turning out to be very sinister. So the people who talk overly about their humility are never to be trusted. And it, you you did you missed the finger that he was just was, pointing at me. It was a serious with, one. It was, dude. You gave me like the eye of the tiger on that. Ah, it's the it's hurting. eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. I tried to match you on that one. It was hard. No, it was my fault. I blew it. All right. So wisdom or Sirach or Ben Sirach or Ecclesiasticus. <laughs> <laughs> so what of these? <laughs> it's got so many titles. Yeah. No, it has ridiculous amount of titles. Um, so Sirach is where we've landed, but the, 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 I guess the, the more formal title is, is the, the full Hebrew title was The Wisdom of Jesus, the Son of Sirach. And of course, that was shortened to Ben Sirah, because Ben means the son of in Hebrew. And then later on, it got called Ecclesiasticus, probably by the early church, because it, they used it heavily for catechesis in the early church. So it's a really interesting book. It's one of uh, what's called the wisdom books. It's the last of the books in the wisdom literature. So think you know, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, these books. Yep. Um, so it's the last one of those. It's not included in the Protestant Bibles and in a lot of Jewish Bibles, unfortunately, as well, yeah. um, which is why it's not in the Protestant Bibles. But it was, it was probably basically what, what Sirach, so if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, it's, it's very similar to Proverbs in its structure and its content. So it's... It's, um, it's not quite as pithy, though. That's, that's no, it's thing. not. It, it's, it's actually longer proverb for proverbial statements. And there's a reason for that. It, it, it's basically because it was sort of the last... It's often considered kind of the, the big summary statement of Israelite wisdom tradition. Like this is the capstone of all the Israelite wisdom. It was it was completed, I think, in two thousand. Uh, sorry, two hundred thousand years like, <laughs> in two hundred BC, which was about two thousand years ago. Oh, uh-huh. oh. Um, I think, and I I need to check my notes on this. I think it was completed. Um, it was believed to be completed in Alexandria when they were compiling the the, the oh. massive. Uh, Library in Alexandria, Egypt. Why didn't it burn? <laughs> we don't know. Well, we have somebody all, rescued. That's it. where the Septuagint came from. The Septuagint we still have. Oh, okay. All those books. A lot of those books came from. See, that's so. The, I think the jury's still out on on um, Sirach specifically. But part of the reason that uh, our Protestant friends and Martin Luther specifically didn't want to include the so-called apocryphal or deuterocanonical books in the Bible was going back to this Jewish tradition, which which dates back to, you know, 300 A.D., so pretty late in the game. And when the Jewish people were trying to decide definitively, okay, what defines our canon, what makes us different than these new Christians who are out there who are using a similar Bible to us, they basically said, okay, our, our yardstick is going to be, our measuring stick is going to be, do we have an original Hebrew edition of this? Because yeah. that's the Jewish language. If we don't, we're not going to include it. So books like Maccabees, were never they were written when the empire was speaking Greek. They were written in Alexandria, even though they were written by Jewish people, and it contains, you know, things like Hanukkah in them. They're not included in the scriptures because there was no Hebrew edition. So I, Sirach is weird because I actually think there is. We we do believe that there is a Hebrew edition of this. Yeah. So I'm actually not sure why it wasn't included in the Jewish canon. Um, but the early church loved it. It could have been just political because the church was using it so much uh, that it wasn't included then on the other side. It, the jury's kind of out on that. One of my one of the most intense passages of my entire life is actually found in Sirach when it compares the artisan it? to the scholar. Oh, yeah. The uh, Hopka, right? Is that the word for artisan? Um, it's the Hebrew word for wisdom. Remember, we talked about this oh, a yeah, long time did. ago. My goodness, you're bringing That's a great—we did, hopka. And that's where this all comes from. So that idea of wisdom, of which Sirach is the capstone of the Hebrew tradition, it means an artisan of something, Yeah, which is just, it's just kind of a beautiful thought. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a really powerful book. So, um, check one out from your local library. Indeed, and you, it's kind of cool because you you see the book of Sirach quoted all the time among rabbinic literature. So the rabbis around Jesus's time loved this book. They quoted it up and down. So. It's almost certainly a book that was being read by Jesus himself, which is just kind of cool. Dude, I have to say, like, if you're shooting for a particular audience, like, getting read by Jesus, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Of course, he reads every book that's ever made, but, like— That's right. Shoot. Even in the incarnational version of— Even the Hunger Games. <laughs> I don't know. That, I don't know. That. That's because we went around the staff table this morning and and <laughs> talked about um all the different books that we were reading, which were quite varied. And it was Rose who was reading the no Matt was reading the Hunger Games and yeah he was accused of reading pagan. <laughs> it's fine if you read the Hunger Games out there. Sorry, it was just a joke. It's actually decent to know what the culture is dealing with. Yeah, Annie Annie loved the Hunger Games books. I think they're. I only saw the first movie, but I actually think it was pretty prolific in a statement about what's going on in the world. Now, when you say prolific, do you mean prolific? <laughs> well, in a roundabout way. Actually, I agree. I mean, we could do it. Yeah, we could get. We can get into this whole question. But let's just keep anyway. Going sorry, on let's readings. get into a different question, <laughs> dude. I just like shiny things. Okay, so it's important though to remember that. Oh, I got a picture. I got to show you. <laughs> <laughs> After. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the Facebook. Chat. Okay, perfect. Okay, um, but listen now. It starts. So, I don't have that much to say. So that that was kind of your crash course history of what the Book of Sirach is. Um, and I don't have much to say about this passage except on, in the ways that it applies and relates to the other passages that we have today. So that's what here, I was thinking too. Yeah, and it's it's kind of amazing. Here, well, I'll, I'll share with you what I got this morning. I, I was. <laughs> I've been looking at this passage for a couple of days, literally trying to figure out, okay, what is this doing? What What is, I mean, it's, it's self-explanatory and it's a very beautiful passage, but okay, what is yeah. it doing here? And I, I got something this morning. So here's what it says. My child, and remember, this is being written in the book that's considered the summary statement, you know, the um, final kind of gathering summation of wisdom literature. And it says this, my child... Conduct your affairs. Conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble, humble yourself. The more, the greater that you are, and you will find favor with God. And here's here's what's really interesting. So remember this, because we're going to come back to it. Okay. What is too sublime for you, seek not. Into the things beyond your strength, search not. The mind of a sage appreciates proverbs, and it <laughs> isn't that funny in a book of proverbs. Just yeah. so you know, the wi- mind of a wise person really likes books like this. And an attentive ear is the joy of the wise. It's basically like wise people really like people listening to them. <laughs> and reading this book. Yeah, and reading this book. Which, by the way, that, that's kind of what we're doing here. See, that's true. See, I'm not humble anymore. No, it's cool. So Be I'm, not, I'm not like a heap. <laughs> You're right. <a heap. laughs> You're not like a heap. Yeah. All right, but remember that. What is too sublime for you, seek not. And into things beyond your reach, search not. So just put that in the back of your minds, everybody, for we, now. Let's put that as Do you a, see where I'm going with this yet? Um, No, no. Okay, I, but good. But let's make it exciting. But let's put it's it exciting. as a, a chorus, <laughs> chorus as a, a, of a song. <laughs> what? what is too sublime for you, seek not. Into things beyond <laughs> your strength, search, search not. not. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. We're a little we're a little slap happy today. A little bit. It's been a good day. It's, it's good a- because the school year started. There's students around again, dude. There's it's- things for us to. Well, there's things for me to do. I have people to teach again, dude. This is the thing cool. is that it's like it's so much busier when they're here. I mean, it's like we're crazy busy, but then like we're really really busy. But like it's it's like 
on point. It's like the best part of our lives. Getting yeah. to share the gospel is the coolest thing. It really is. I mean, like literally, like to get give your life to be able to share the treasures of the universe for eternity, like to bear fruit that lasts. It's like it's crazy. What? <laughs> what? What? <That's laughs> you you want me to do what? <laughs> okay. All right. So Psalm sixty eight. Here's how it begins. It says, "God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor." Um, just an inter- there's a, a kind of a neat connecting point. What's the very last word of the of the, the reading from Sirach? Poor. Oh. <laughs> no. What's the last line? Sins. <laughs> Sorry. The last line. Water quenches the flaming fire and alms atone for sins. So it says basically it ends this passage by talking about giving alms, right? Which is caring for the poor. How does the psalm begin? By God and your goodness, you've made a home for the poor. So there's a little oh, connection here yeah, yeah. going on between alms and the poor and God is caring for them. And then it goes on to say, the just rejoice and exalt before God. They are glad and rejoice. Um, I, I don't know enough about language to know exactly what this means. The just rejoice and exalt. What does exalt mean? Exalt means, uh, isn't it exuberant praise? Like, isn't it like saying things that is like... Uh, uh, it, it's like dancing. Exalt, exaltation is more than just singing. It's like dancing. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just riffing here. Okay. I'm I'm just thinking. Oh, maybe I shouldn't bring this up. I'm just thinking of um, the idea of. So you know, we talked in that passage from Sirach about not exalt to, to show or not feel exalting emotion, yourself too much. Show or feel elation or jubilation, especially in the result of success. Exulting. So it's an adverb from the Latin exultare. Mm-hmm. Frequentative of exilire, which mm-hmm. is leap up, mm. x out upward, salitare to leap. Okay. That's that's what I was actually hoping for. That there, there's a reason we did. So leaping up, reaching upward. What does Sirach just tell us not to do? Don't oh. seek what's beyond your reach. Don't, in a certain sense, exalt yourself. Oh. The psalm is actually telling us something slightly different. It's not saying what go beyond, but it's saying exalt, right? Reach up. I, I think there's. I think this is where the common thread lies. So just kind of take that for what you will. There's this talk about making a home for the poor. That's what God does. But then there's this idea of exaltation, you know, and reaching up in a certain sense. Yeah, yeah. So jump down. Now that, that'll take us to Hebrew. I don't. I don't have much more to say about the psalm than that. Do you? No. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful. It really is a beautiful psalm. Um, it actually has a, most of the psalm has its roots in the book of Numbers. Um, so if you're really curious and Bible nerdy, you can go and find all the references to Numbers in there. But not us, because we have to move on. All right, now here's what I want to get to. I want to talk <laughs> about Hebrews. No, nobody's making us move on. We're free, man. But I want to get to Hebrews. Okay, I'm Hebrews. Antsy. antsy because I had a lot of coffee today. <laughs> and I know how you made it. You did it by freeze dry. You didn't brew no, it, dog. No, that's not true. I did this morning. Oh. Don't forget, I've been up since like six. Oh, yeah. So you I have... had like three cups of coffee at home that were brewed, like he, like Moses makes his coffee. Like, like, like he makes it, yeah. But then I found this really good freeze dried instant coffee. That I have when I get to the office, which I had some of, and it, dude, I said I made mass, it too strong for you. I said I said mass like in like twenty minutes, yeah, and I thought it was thirty because <laughs> I made it too strong. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Lord be with you. And they were like, I love you. And with your spirit, I, I don't know. Okay, Hebrews, <clears throat> Hebrews, <Okay>. it. Um, Hebrews <laughs> twelve. <laughs> Sorry. All right, now here's what we have to get in mind: the Book of Sirach is the. Ca- <laughs> Sorry. I'm just smiling at you. I know, but you look like you're holding back big laughter. <laughs> that's because there's a certain point in which a joke goes from from <laughs> yes. being not funny. like It's like, it's like oh, that's funny. That tickled me. It and goes then, from being kind of funny 
to not funny at all. Not funny at all, but too hilarious. And then the the period of how not funny it is is actually very long. So you just <laughs> you have to just keep pushing. You all it. are still in that period, I, I assume. <laughs> I think it is because we have a lot of off time of <laughs> using this joke with each other. Oh, guys, we have so much fun doing this podcast. <laughs> you really? have no idea. Oh man, you got no idea. All right. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the, here's the key. We got a lot of coffee. Today. Yeah, we did. Seriously, man. My fault. I made it too strong. Um. Okay, Hebrew. So the uh, the uh, the what do you call it? The book of Sirach. Does it start with an A? No, no the book start of Sirach. No, the book of Sirach <laughs> starts with an S. Okay. The book of Sirach is what? It's the capstone, right? It's the it's the the big pinnacle statement of what is Hebrew wisdom, right? What is <laughs> yes, totally. It's the pinnacle. And in the pinnacle, so I just want so Old Testament wisdom. What is wisdom according to the Old Testament? The Old Covenant. Wisdom, according to the Old Covenant, is not reaching too far beyond your grasp. Don't go after the sublime. Don't go what is beyond you. Mm. That's what stuck out for me. Mm. Now, fast forward to the New Covenant. Quick crash course on Hebrews. We've been talking about Hebrews for a number of weeks, and we haven't really mentioned what Hebrews is doing in the Bible. Quick crash course on Hebrews. Yeah. Um, the book of Hebrews, it's written to, what, the Hebrews. So it's written to Jewish people. The jury's a little bit out on who wrote it. A tradition says, it's left anonymous, so we don't know. A common tradition says Paul wrote it. Some say a disciple of Paul, maybe Timothy or Apollos wrote it. We don't know. But um, it's written to, presumably, to Jewish people who are, here's what I think is going on. It's written to Jewish people who are living in Jerusalem around the time, you know, maybe maybe 30, 40 years after Christ, right? So think about this. <clears throat> what's going on in Jerusalem for, well, just what's going on in Jerusalem in the years following Jesus' ascension? What's everybody in Jerusalem doing? Well, they're- Socratic! <laughs> they're listening to Socrates. No, um, no. no, they're- um, uh, I, I They're imagine- preparing for something. They're preparing for a jubilee? Jubilee? No. For the destruction of the Jerusalem? What's going to lead to the destruction of Jerusalem? What causes it? Uh, Roman occupation. Oh, well, they've been occupied for a long time. Um, the What does Jesus keep telling them in the Gospels not to do? Um, um, keep things uh, to themselves. <laughs> they, they, oh, they, I, see, I see. They're supposed to sell everything and combine the Yeah, pool. yeah, 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 yeah. Those are all true. Um, sorry, I, Socratic questions are mean sometimes. The, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm really not. Neil Neil Musset told you the the key to this. He said he oh, said what, just, what is it? What is it? He says just answer your own Socratic things. You just let Before it hang for I a give second. You a chance? Yeah, yeah. But well, you're so good at kind of just going for it. I know. I'm, and I love it because sometimes I have it, and I feel so accomplished when I get the. Right, you, well, you right know the answer, answer to this. Everybody in Jerusalem is preparing for war. Against Rome. What does everybody in Jerusalem oh, yeah. want to do in the time of Jesus? They want to fight. They rise want to, up. They want to rise up. They want a leader. They want a kind of mis, a political messiah who's going to lead them to fight against Rome, right? Yep. What does Jesus keep saying? Don't, I'm not that. Don't do it. Don't do that. Do not fight this war. Turn the other cheek. When you actually see war on the horizon, he says, flee to the mountains. Run to the hills, right? Oh, so think about yeah. this for a second. You're putting and, stuff together for me here. This is awesome. Well, imagine this. This, I think, is profound. What, whatever struggles we have in our Christian life, you know, a lot of our families might think we're crazy because we're serious about our faith and we listen to podcasts about it, you know. And, yeah. You know, but imagine that you are a, you're a Jewish Christian living in Jerusalem at this time. And all around you, everybody around you, your neighbors, your friends, your parents, your kids, perhaps, your coworkers, they're all preparing to go to war against Rome. And, of course, in this time, there's no separation between church and state. Fighting for Jerusalem was fighting for your God. I mean, this is a religious reality. Yeah. And so everybody around you, your family, your friends, everyone is gathering weapons so they can fight to defend the temple of the Lord against the Romans. But you, you're a Christian. 
and you have been told explicitly that you are not permitted to fight this war and that you are to turn the other cheeks. And when you see the war coming, what are you supposed to do? Run away to the mountains. Now, how do you think your friends and your family are all going to look at you? Yeah. I mean, geez, imagine that. You're Didn't a traitor. You're a coward. Do you see what I did there? I paused and then I answered. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey. But you're a traitor. You're a coward. I mean, just imagine how hard that would have been. Dude, it's horrible. I mean, it, it, it would be... I mean, I, I started watching Ken Burns' The War. Yeah. Um, which is his, uh, yeah, his, yeah. his movie. The Civil about, War, right? No, no, there's oh. Civil War. But oh, that's war, called Civil War. Yeah, The War is about World War II. Oh. And, I'm, and I mean, it's just like you have 18-year-olds, you got everybody, and yeah. they are motivated. They're I mean, the, the, the economy starts to blow up because they're yeah. like, we are motivated to make this happen, yes, and that's actually totally. what's happening in Jerusalem. And to say, yeah, I'm going to run away. I'm going to sell everything that I have to this like weird kind of right. cultish group that you right. think that I'm a part of the, for right. this other person. And they're right. like, they're like, dude, you are whacked, man. Totally. So what I think is going on, so Hebrews begins, it doesn't call itself a letter or a book. It calls itself a word of exhortation, which is actually written more like a homily than a letter. So it's a word of encouragement. And I think it's being written to a group of people who might be tempted to throw in the towel and yeah. to go back. Because, I mean, again, imagine this, you know, not only you got the war situation, but if you're under pressure from all your friends and family, then you're also like, well, geez, you know, I get what the apostles are teaching me. Okay, I get that Jesus is my high priest, but you know what? I can't see Jesus. I don't exactly know where he went, but I see Caiaphas, my high priest over there. I see that high priest. I, I get that, you know, Mass and the Eucharist, but Jesus ascended and we're supposed to trust that he's going to come. But I don't even entirely get this. And that this is, Eucharist is kind of a Passover, but there's no lamb. I mean, imagine you're the first group of people to actually begin to understand what is going on. That would be hard. It would be hard. And so they might be tempted to say, you know what? Forget it. Heck with this. I'm going back. I'm going back to what I understand. I'm going back to to the Old Covenant, essentially. So if you read the book of Hebrews, it is a beautiful, brilliantly written, prolific exhortation on why the New Covenant is superior to the Old Covenant. And it goes through piece by piece. This is why Jesus is a better high priest than your high priest. This is why Jesus' priesthood is a better priesthood than the Levites. This is why the temple of Jesus is better than that temple, why his sacrifice is better than the old sacrifice. Well, that's why, like the, the reading today, it starts to go into yeah. saying the voice of God is not something that you need to cower from. And yes. that you, you were like, Which they did in the past. And they're like, and that you begged that no further words be addressed to you, but you've, you've actually entered into a festival, yeah. into a heavenly reality, right. something that is actually... Um, con natural. Yes, it's it's actually a, appropriate to your nature. Exactly. Well, and, and it's it's such a specific reference. So it begins by saying, "Brothers and sisters, you have not approached that which, you have not approached that which could be touched, a blazing fire in a gloomy darkness, and a storm and a trumpet blast, a voice speaking words that those who heard begged that no message be further addressed, like you said, which is which is all Sinai. I mean, this it's, is it's like... a, that is explicitly. Addressing Sinai. That's what was happening when, what, the first covenant was being given, the law. Yes. This is the scene. They said, no, that's not what you have. So in other words, that's where you came from, but that's not what you've entered into. You've entered into something new because you're a Christian now. No, you have approached Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So it's not merely this temple building over there or that guy Caiaphas over there. It is the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God with angels and saints in festival, in festival gathering and the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, God, the judge of all. The spirits of the just made perfect Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. Well, this is the thing that's important to realize when we're talking There's about a lot all of pointing things. going on. Between we, us right I now. know we were like it's totally enthusiasm, <laughs> um, because 
um, without understanding how the blood of Abel is sprinkled, we don't understand how this is greater. Unless we understand the trumpet blast, we don't understand why this is the heavenly Jerusalem. If we don't understand what Jerusalem is, we don't understand what the heavenly Jerusalem is. Yes, absolutely. That's part of our, that's part of the purpose of this whole podcast is to enter into how do you, uh, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Right. It's, no, we understand what those things are. And and because of that, boom. (laughs) Yes. Well, let's talk about that though for a second. The sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. Do you remember the blood of Abel? It cried out for what vengeance. It, yes. So this sprinkled, so the blood of Abel in the Old Testament cried out for vengeance because it was killed unjustly. He was a righteous man who was cut down in his prime by his brother. Yeah. What is the sprinkled blood of Jesus? It's a, the blood of a righteous man who was cut down by his brethren. But it says it speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. Abel's blood cried out vengeance, justice. What does Jesus' blood cry out? Eloquence. Father, it, forgive them, for, for they know not what they do. It's, it's a different cry. It's, it, it, well, this is the thing is eloquence is so much. It's, you meet somebody who's eloquent, and yeah. it's, the power of words is real. Right. And when somebody speaks to you in that power, it's transformative. Yeah. And that's what the, the power of Christ's blood is not that it just inspires you to go and like get crazy. Right. But that it is. <laughs> Although it might. Uh, yeah, it, it inspires you to actually move into the depths of the of the human heart, but the depths of the heart of God. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So what's the point? What's the punchline to all this? Well, remember what Sirach said. What is the wisdom of the Old Testament? Do not reach for that thing, that which is beyond your grasp, which is too sublime. What is the wisdom of Hebrews in comparing the Old Covenant to the New Covenant? It is saying, guess what? You have just tapped into that which is far more sublime than you, which is way beyond your reach because the heavenly Jerusalem has just come to you. So it's basically putting what Sirach said on its head and saying the wisdom of the Old Testament is no longer the wisdom of the New Testament. You have just reached out and touched that which is beyond you. That's what I got this morning as I was reading and rereading and rereading through this, trying to figure out what the thread is. That's what I saw, which I thought was really, really amazing. Man. Because that was right in the Old Testament. They didn't have access, but now we actually do. Things have changed. The structure of the cosmos is different. It is, and 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 then it, it makes. Uh, I mean, it, all of a sudden, my mind is going into David dancing before the ark, yeah. into John the Baptist dancing before Christ. The exaltation yeah. that the that, that there's something that that happens inside of you. You can't be contained yeah. because the exaltation. What we've been drawn into and what we've drawn near to is this angels and festal gathering yes. in the heavenly Jerusalem. Like, like exaltation is that we have been invited to touch this. That's what happened in the Ascension. Yes, exactly. We've been invited exactly. to the divine well, table. Well, look at Thomas. He was literally, he's like, touch it. <laughs> look, put your fingers in it, literally. I mean, it's, this isn't a metaphor anymore. Yeah. He literally touches. It's just pretty cool. It is. I don't want to write that song anymore that has those lines as what? It's, that, that was saying, don't do that and don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't write it, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to write that one. You know, seek not what is too sublime or things beyond. Oh, your that Search song. Not. Yeah, I don't yeah. want. I don't write that song anymore. Well, that shouldn't just be. It just shouldn't be the chorus. It shouldn't be the it chorus. Can be a verse. <laughs> because now, yeah, we yeah. we can touch something that is so far greater than what we have uh, could have ever have imagined. Yeah. But th- that's actually. But think about the analysis. See, this is the thing: is that the parable. Who is at the wedding feast? There's the guy who sits low. Okay, so now we're in the gospel. 
We're in the gospel. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was already in the gospel in my heart. I know heart, you dude. were, but you, we can go there. We can go there now because this parable is that uh, here's the one who sits lowly, who's in this humble position of Sirach, which is not, which is meant to help us to understand this was the position of yeah. Israel. Yes. And what it does now is that you've been touched by the king and brought to the exalted place. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's that. Con- I'm making the connection that you want to make that, that is at the heart of what you're saying. But yeah. it's so natural, I can't even help but say it. No, and that's that's what's so beautiful about the. But what's the difference, though? I mean, what there is a difference there. There is a distinction that we need to mention. I mean, what Syriac is saying is, don't you know what were they doing in the Tower of Babel? They were presumably trying to make a tower to the heavens so they can shake their little fist at God and say, "Don't give us a flood again." <laughs> they were trying to reach out and grasp what what that which was not theirs. Yes. What's happening in the New Testament? Christ has actually reached down to us and pulled us up to it. So it's not us grasping after it anymore. It's it coming to us. It's it coming near. This is why the language in Revelation, right, is not us going off to the heavenly Jerusalem. It's of the heavenly Jerusalem descending to us. It's come to us. That's what the incarnation is. So why can we reach that which is beyond us? Because it actually came to us. Mm-hmm. So we still, which is, which is why this parable is so beautiful. Because in humility, this person is still sitting at the at the lowest place, and then somebody is coming to him, reaching the hand out, and pulling him up, which is what's happened to us. That's yeah. what Christianity is. That's what baptism is. And I and I think that that's why conversion is that recognition of of our own loneliness before yeah. God. I mean, like real conversion is when you go like, whoops, yeah. I, I, like I need a savior. Yes. Um, th- and that's th- and that's what's dramatic. <laughs> that's, that was a fairly under- understated <laughs> Psalm fifty one right there. Yeah, like whoops, Savory. sorry. Yeah, and and just in case you know it was lost on us in the readings, what Hebrews is trying to stress that the old the new covenant is superior to the old. I mean, look at what look at how this reading this parable ends. He says, rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Um, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, by the way, in Leviticus, it was commanded that they were unclean. And so you actually couldn't have a dinner. You couldn't have a feast with them at the table or else you would all be considered unclean. But Jesus has actually flipped the whole law on its head. And so these people which were outside the covenant have now had the arm reached out and been brought in. Man. And what we're being asked to do here in the gospel is actually to be Christ in that same way. We're to continue on the mission of Christ by inviting the poor and the crippled and the lame, those who were on the outside, now bringing them in. Which reminds me a lot of the stuff that Pope Francis has been asking us to do as Christians, to change the way we look at the world, which is just looking at it in the way that Jesus asked us to do in the first place. Man. That's, like, I'm I'm exultant right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you invited me over for a lunch. Yeah, I was gonna Even hobble. I was gonna more. hobble you when you came in, but <laughs> oh, <sad. laughs> it's like that one movie. Um, what was it? Mercy or what? Never mind. Oh, the one of the guy in the car crash with yeah, and then she and like it, she does the yeah. yeah she's she's, she's a terrible, terrible. She's mean to him. It's a scary movie. What is it? Um, misery. Know. Misery. Yeah, that's not a that's not a I, don't I, watch. I, misery. I just took the sublime into the depths, man. Yeah, don't do it. I have to say though, man. Being with the Lord and being lifted up and being able to be seated at his at His table is is worth uh, all the price of everything. That's crazy. 
Can I tell you one other thing that I think is crazy? Yeah, keep going, man. If you got more for me, man. Oh, I, I don't. I'm like, you're blowing no, my mind. Shoot. I was just going to say, I don't think we have to edit this podcast. <laughs> I got really excited about that. I don't think so either. This has been pretty good. Yeah, thank you all for joining us today. Like, I hope that this is opening your heart up to the grace of the Lord as it is to ours. Absolutely. Um, send us an email. Link you guys at thomascenter.org. Find us on Facebook. Um, Somebody tried to sell me uh, lankyguy.com. Lanky really? guy, non-plural. Lanky guy. Lanky guy got dot com. Are you kicking like, me out f- for like two hundred and eighty dollars? Are you a kicking year. me out of the family? No. Did you buy it? No. You promise? I promise. All right. We're we're still plural. That was me trying to sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, that was uh. you. You should have seen the picture of this. He looked like a mountain man. So send us an email. Connect us to your friends. Like us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter. Um, uh, pin us on Pinterest. Spaceless on MySpace. <laughs> um, um, a link, you, a link to us on LinkedIn. Yeah. If you Actually, got, we're, we're not, not on, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. If you, well, we individually are. I'm not. Know. Oh, I am. I'm not. Looking I should it. be. No, I don't know. I don't understand what LinkedIn does, but I get like seven <laughs> invitations a day from it. I know, me too. I'm on it. Not looking for a new job. But if you, anybody's in the Boulder area, which I don't know if you are, but if you're in the Boulder area or in Colorado on September 4th, Next Wednesday, I'm going to use this as a shameless promotion for our stuff. Do it. You guys are listening to us. But September 4th, 7 p.m., here at St. Thomas Aquinas Student Center on 15th and Euclid, we are going to be doing this thing called Stump the Theologians. So Stumpy. it's going to be Father Peter, Father Brady Wagner, Matt Botger, and myself, um, all the teachers here at the Aquinas Institute, and we're going to be fielding questions. Anybody and everybody who wants to throw stuff, sh- ho- holler at the collar, shout at us, you know, your problems with the church, your questions about the church. We're going to be going for it, and it's going to be lots and lots of fun. So if you're in the Boulder area, if you're in Denver, come out September 4th, 7 p.m. That would be good. Keep it real. Don't fake the phones. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week.